We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Hi, this is Cheryl Broderson in studio with Jasmine Allnut. And we have friends in the studio today. Yes, once again, folks, we are not just talking about dead people. We have living <laughs> ones right here. We've got a live one. Yeah. Um, as we said, we've got actually got two live ones. Yes, we get very two. excited. I mean, yeah, big bonus. <laughs> it's a two for my aunt would say. It's two for one. But I'm really excited. Now um, we have Elise Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. in studio, and you might know that name. You might not. If you don't know that name, you need to, and that's why <laughs> we're having her on this, because she's a woman worth knowing. But I just met another woman worth knowing, and that's her daughter, Jessica. Oh, this, Jessica yes, Thompson. Exactly. This is um, a bonus. Jessica <laughs> has also written books. Oh, she has? Hey, I didn't know that. This yeah. is really exciting, <laughs> because the one of the next things that um, I'll be launching into with mm-hmm. my new co-host since Jasmine's moving on, um, is we're going to go into female authors, Christian female authors. So we'll be featuring Dorothy Sayers and we'll be featuring um, other female authors, you know, all of them. I know. I was still thinking about the missionaries (laughs) that you had to pick up on. Yes. Like Mitt Rosslyn, go for it and all those guys. But yeah. Oh, Gladys. um, I I mean, uh, Livingston. Henrietta Mears. Oh, Henrietta Mears. There's so many. Right. So we're going to be launching into female authors pretty soon. Um, Most of them will will be dead. But um, you guys so, have a real affinity for dead people. We do. Uh, yes, we I do. know they're amazing. I'm a history teacher. That's yes. why. Okay, so, there it yeah. is. And have you ever noticed that people don't really give people respect during their lifetime? Yeah. It all comes afterwards, and it's like so Lots suddenly. Of good it does you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so um, we're going to start with Elise because she is your forebearer, Jessica. So Elise, um, how did you come to know Jesus? Yeah, thank you. Um, actually, it's it's interesting that I'm here at Calvary Chapel. Uh, 1971, had a, a friend who lived next door. I was not raised in a Christian home, mm-hmm. although I did attend l- the Lutheran church a bit as a child. Um, was confirmed and baptized as a Lutheran. Huh? But anyway, had a um, friend who uh, led me to Jesus using the little chick tracks. Do you oh, remember yep. those? I've heard of those. Yes. yes. <laughs> I have too. There was one written against my dad. Oh, dear. Oh, oh yeah. Mm. Um, They're a little infamous in our house. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm so and glad. And so then summer of 1971, I'm sort of thinking about, I don't know, Christianity, didn't really know what it was. Mm. Um, she had friends who lived up here in Costa Mesa so there was a thing happening at this church. Yeah, we were a little scandalous. <laughs> yes, and so we came, and um, I, I don't, I don't think I was saved at that point. But I found it interesting that this mm. place was sort of overrun by all sorts of hippie kind of people. Yeah, <laughs> and were you um, a hippie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I lived in San Diego, so it's, you know, the whole Southern California. Yes, yes. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's it. And um, so then summer of 1971, series of circumstances, I lived in a really bad sort of neighborhood. And I just remember I, um, I had been pregnant, married, and divorced. And so I had a little... Uh, a little boy. And um, I just got on my knees and prayed, Jesus, I don't know what this whole thing is. And I don't understand what's going on. But you know, uh, okay, my life is yours. Wow. Mm. 
uh, I was then within a couple of months in a local Christian Bible college at our church. Nice. The little church that we joined. Yeah. So then that's the story. I wasn't looking for God. I, I was not. But the Lord just saved me. I love it. Now, I've noticed, you know, I was looking over, uh, Elisa's written 26 books. So I was looking over the the tenure, just kind of the the main idea of so many of the books. And I've noticed, and this is why I was so excited to have you on the program today, is because you have, it seems, this heart for women to let them know um, that they're loved and there is opportunity for them, which will probably bring you into this one, Jessica, a little bit. But there's opportunity, and um, it's almost a rebuttal to uh, so many women who are uh, very, you know, there's two extremes. You're either really upset at the church, Mm -hmm. or you're also kind of joining the campaign against women. It seems like it's, you know, the criticism against women, or you're just like, I'm not having anything to do with the church. Mm -hmm. And you bring this kind of middle ground, which I absolutely so appreciated and loved, that women, you are so loved, you are so worthy, and the church needs you. Mm -hmm. And I found that just so refreshing Mm -hmm. because of the balance. You're not angry. I mean, that was really, really (laughs) exciting, you know? You're not upset at anybody. It's it's not like, you know, they let go of my husband, and now I'm going to tell you how I really feel. Mm -hmm. It's just this very loving— out of love approach. I'm, I'm mainly talking about worthy, but uh, there's some other books too, um, where this is. So I want to know how. When did this, um, like this heart, uh, uh, kind of um, for women, and and this desire to let women know uh, that they're loved, mm-hmm. begin, start, and amplify. Um, thank you. I I would say that. Well, first of all, I don't want to say that I'm never angry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll second that. Yeah. yeah. That was your daughter, Jessica. Yeah. But you don't write angry. Angry, angry people I, are usually it's on all Facebook. righteous anger. We yeah, know. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So now that we've handled that, uh, I, the only thing that I think that really helps me, first of all, yes, I have a real love for women, for women to see that they are uh, equally created in the image of God, that they have been gifted with the Spirit, that they have been, uh, that they are integral to what God wants to do in the world. They're not second class. They're not, oh, well, I guess maybe Adam needs help, so I'm well make a woman. <laughs> um, so I want to do, I, I want to speak to that, but. But the ability to try to speak to that in a way that isn't full of vitriol, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I and seriously, I don't blame a lot of people for right. having vitriol, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, at all, right? But it really comes out of the gospel. It comes out of knowing that um, I am loved. I'm forgiven. I'm counted completely worthy. And that God, God will care for me and use me and has gifted me. Mm-hmm. So it flows out of that. That's not to say that if you really believe the gospel, then you'll never be angry. Mm-hmm. Um, right. There are things to be angry about. Uh, mm-hmm. It's appropriate to be angry about abuse. It's appropriate Absolutely. to yes. be angry about misogyny. Right. Those those are sin, sinful things, and they should be. We should be angry about them. Mm. But I think that the ability to try to speak a winsome word into um, our times really comes out of the fact that I know that 
in Christ, all things have been given to me, mm. all things. Everything is ours in mm. Christ. Therefore, I don't have to fight. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, it doesn't mean there aren't times for fighting. <laughs> I just don't have to fight all the time. Yeah. And I also think, too, um, when you're looking at what you want, what you want the end product to be, you have to think about what is the best method to use. Right. And I have found that a loving approach or a kind approach, like, you know, I read the book, I've, I've read just about everything that's out there right now um, on women and these issues, especially in the Christian church. And as I said before, be, because my background is more Pentecostal, we didn't have the same issues. We had our own issues, okay? <laughs> we had our own. But we didn't have so much the issues, you know, especially coming out of the Foursquare Church, which was founded by Amy Simple McPherson, right. about women. But at some point in the Calvary movement, uh, min- many of the hippies that came in were very chauvinistic. Mm-hmm. And they started these communes. And in the communes, the women were relegated to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. In some communes, the women weren't allowed to talk. Mm-hmm. And my dad would hear about this and go, uh, no. oh, my goodness. And my dad's way of dealing with something like that is like, they're not with us. <laughs> like, <you're> just, <laughs> yeah. just to disassociate and just kind of... Um, mm-hmm. And they weren't because they had gone off and kind of done their own thing. But he would disassociate, which wasn't a very strong reaction. It was more like King David's reaction. Like, you know, can't we take them down? Can't we go public and say, yeah, we don't agree with this. But my dad was more, he was, he was not, being his daughter, I know, he was non-confrontive. Mm-hmm. But Jessica, I want to know, because this is your mom. Mm-hmm. And this is her heart. Mm-hmm. Were you raised feeling worthy? Because of your mom. That's so good. What if I said no, mom? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I <laughs> knew it was going to be a good answer. No, 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 listen, because I, you know, I've I've already confessed I'm a really horrible mother. So. No, that's oh, not true. Not true at all. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be where I was today if it wasn't for uh, my mom and my dad. Mm, precious. And my grandmothers. Yes. Both, mm. both of my grandmothers, your mom and my dad's mom, both strong women. Mm who had a voice and weren't afraid to use it. And I wouldn't be where I was today without a mom who encouraged that and empowered that, a dad who also encouraged and empowered that in me. Uh, I definitely would not be doing what I'm doing today, have the voice I have today, if it wasn't for that continual. And I don't know if it was like some sort of, let me say this. I don't think it was like, you're empowered, yeah, you're yeah. strong. Yeah, right, right, it wasn't right. that. I just watched them do their thing. And as I watched my grandmother, um, my dad's mom, preach and watched her be a missionary, watched her go back to school when she was in her 50s, right, to learn Spanish so that she could go across the border and teach. This is your grandmother? Yeah. Wow. What a heritage. Right. Wow. She's so a woman worth knowing. We need to bring her oh, in. Where is she? Wow. In heaven with Jesus. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. So, <laughs> right. She's dead. We can have her on. Oh, yeah. She's perfect for you guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when I watched her, and, and my mom's mom was strong in a very different way, was mm. uh, in the workforce and was, you know, one of the first women to volunteer to be uh, a part of the military when we went into World War II. Wow. Right? Oh, so, cool. I mean, oh, she could only heritage. be a secretary yes. at that point, but that's still hey, something, right? Yep. right? So, when I have both of these women watching them, um, she's also dead, so your people. <laughs> um, when <laughs> I'm watching these women be strong and do what they do, watching my mom be strong and do what she does, watching my dad cheer my mom on. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, yeah. So, for me, it wasn't like, 
you're strong, you can do anything. I, it wasn't like they were saying that Verbally, to me. Right, yeah. right. But I just watched them walk in the good works that God had prepared them I love to that. do. And as I watched them walk in those good works, um, I felt a freedom in myself and um, empowered to be able to do okay, what I Okay, Jessica, you yeah. kept saying, for what I do, for what I do. And yeah. our listeners don't know. Yeah. That you're in the ministry and that you're writing books. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, the ministry and and about some of the books that you've written? Because you were telling me in the elevator and I was like, oh, I love this. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, I recently had a book this year come out with Moody Press that is um, a devotional about uh, it's called How God Loves Us. Hmm. And but it's about the fruit of the spirit, but it's how God displays the fruit of the spirit towards us instead of the mm. typical take on the fruit of the spirit, which is like, here's a checklist of all the things that you need to do. Which is so wrong. Right? It, it, <laughs> this is here's how God has loved you, been I patient with you, been kind with you. Mm. It's 40 days it. spending time thinking about how God's displayed the fruit of the spirit towards us. Mm. And so that's my latest book. I have another one coming out with Moody uh, next year that will also be about Christ in interactions with different people in the um, Gospels. So how Jesus and the disillusion, Jesus and the denier, Jesus and the doubter, um, Jesus and the depressed. So I take different little vignettes from the Gospels. So I write and then um, I'm also full-time staff at my church in San Diego and I was recently ordained as a pastor. So I've been doing that for about a month. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a a lot of responsibility. (laughs) Yeah, it is. <laughs> she laughs. It's so much. It's like once they once they put that that pastor, which yeah. is actually just shepherdess. Yeah, but that's yeah, what yeah. that's what you do. You're right. shepherding yes. and helping people. Which shepherding is so much more than just teaching. Right. It's like I'm here for you. Yes. I'm listening even when I don't want to. Right. I'm picking up my telephone. I'm answering I love that your you call said, even when I don't want to. That's when yeah. you know someone spent time. In the ministry. That's right. <laughs> yep. I yep. was raised. Yeah, yeah. I was born in the ministry. <laughs> I mean, my honest. mom and dad made no. that clear. Like, yeah. here you are. You're not born again. You're born in the ministry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am born again, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be clear. Yes, yes. <laughs> Good news. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, I, I love this topic of discussion. Um, when I was a young girl in high school, and like like you, um, I, I had a father who used to say, you can be anything. Mm. And I just loved Jesus from the time I was little. And my mom's question was like, don't you love Jesus? And you're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I think. But, you know, just growing up in in the church and I had felt more freedom at the church. I went to public school. So mm-hmm. the church had become my refuge mm-hmm. and the place where I was loved and wanted. And again, um, the one thing the Pentecostals do really well is love. Mm. They really love well. Mm. And so in our church, you know, I felt very, very loved, except mm-hmm. for the lady who spanked me when I was four. <laughs> She's hyper Pentecostal. But I felt really loved. And so I didn't know, I, I had never really experienced the prejudice against yeah. women till I got um, a little bit older. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember I was running for, uh, I went one year to Christian school here at the church, and I was running for ASB president. I put in my application, yeah. and he was the guy that they hired as a principal, had been a Baptist. And so he's like, you you can't run. And mm-hmm. I was like, "What? it's ASB prison. You know, what do you mean I can't run? He goes, uh, because you're a girl. Mm-hmm. What? I'm like, are you kidding me? And I said, what about Deborah? 
in the Bible. <laughs> and he said, you know, well, that's Old Testament. I'm like, well, what about the fact that Mary Magdalene was the first to take the gospel? Yeah. I'm eighth grade, but I know my yeah, Bible. Yeah, I've yeah, been through yeah. the Bible with my father. So I'm like, okay. So I, I take my application. And I go to my dad's office, like straight to my dad's office. I'm like, I want an appointment. <laughs> oh my and gosh. I come in and I sit down with my dad. And I said, the principal says, I can't be, I can't run for ASB. And he said, why not? I said, that's what I said. I said, and then he said, well, what about Deborah? I go, that's what I said. And then my dad's like, what about Golda Meir? And I'm like, well, I didn't throw that one into the mix. You know? <laughs> you know. So anyway, um, my dad called him up and said, if, I, if girls want to run for ASB president, this is Calvary Chapel. It's, it's a welcome office for our school. I don't want that kind of thing. So I was like, okay. So I was always hiding behind my dad without mm. realizing it, knowing that was a safe place mm -hmm. because he honored women. Yeah. And you can see it in a marriage mm -hmm. where there's mutual respect. My mom mm -hmm. was so brilliant and intelligent. And my dad would often read her his sermons, get her input mm -hmm. to things. Mm -hmm. And it was always, um, she didn't want to be seen. She was uh, probably 99.9% .9 introvert, even mm -hmm. though if she had to, she'd be wonderful and animated. And then she'd go in her closet, you know, just don't, mm -hmm. don't touch me for days. <laughs> but she was, um, but so brilliant. And he leaned into that brilliancy. Mm. And that's probably what you saw and mm. what I saw that I was shocked. And then when I got to high school, I was asked out actually, it was right before I went to college, this young man asked me out and I said, you know, I'm not quite ready for that. I didn't like dating. And so he said, well, will you go on a walk with me after church? And I said, okay. So he takes me to like this neighborhood where it's a new track and it's like, he said it's a park, but it really wasn't. It was just like a green space between two houses. So we start to walk, the sprinklers come in. So then he you know, takes me home and he says, um, you know, I, I did, I, um, I'd like to kiss you. And I'm like, no, no, not even, not, not even close right now. You know, let's get to know each other. He says, well, I'm going to come over tomorrow and we'll do a Bible study in Joshua. I said, okay. So he comes over to my house and he starts to teach on Joshua. I love the Bible, probably like you. Yeah. I grew up just loving the Bible, favorite book. And so I started to say something. He goes, ah, 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 let the women keep silence. <gasps> I know. Hello. I know. <laughs> So I told him very kindly, as kindly as I could at that moment. You said, be angry. Um, I said, I think you need to leave my house and never come back. You know, pretty much just <laughs> good call. don't so come weird. back. Let I mean, women be silent. And one of the things that I, I was attracted to my husband was about was that he wanted to listen. Mm. Isn't that a great quality for a yes. man? Mm. And yes. kindness. Mm. Yes. Kindness and listening. Yes. yes. And so um, we know that there's been these hurts. Mm. But there's some of us that have had those experiences, but also really good experience, healing experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's so much there that I'd like to comment on. Yes. About, I like how not to start a relationship with a woman. <laughs> which is, That's right, because you also have a degree in uh, counseling. <laughs> yeah, it's just yes. like, don't, don't do that. Um, there are there are so many ways in which women have been hurt mm. or um, feel denigrated, ignored, objectified. Those are the Absolutely. words that we hear so much on the podcasts that we do when we interview women, living women. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> and uh, and what we hear over and over again is um, I I am ignored. I am denigrated. I am objectified. And that's not even the people who are saying that men are coming to them and saying that women should not speak. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Those are, that's just the sort of 
mm. milieu yes. in, in which so many people live. And part of it, I think, comes out of this sort of way of thinking about women, which is, and I know you have heard this before, women are more easily deceived than men. Yep, yep. Which is false. Uh, women are by nature usurpers. False. Mm. I mean, more than men. Uh, and women are seductresses mm. and should be avoided. Those three takes on women that we hear so commonly in the church, even if we don't get to a place where we're saying, okay, let's let's talk about let's talk about the first Corinthians 14 passage about women not speaking or let's talk about the first Timothy 2 passage about about women not having authority or teaching. And before we even get to those passages, We've got to, as women, address the stereotype that women are more easily deceived than men. Mm. Women are by nature usurpers. Women are by nature seductresses. Therefore, you must not have any kind of anything to do with them. Mm -hmm. So we've got to do a good job, I think, speaking to those things Mm. before we can even get to the place where we say, okay, what do we do with 1 Corinthians 14 and women be silent? Before we get there, we've got to get over, I think, in the Christian church, this sort of idea that women are mm, kind of uh, an afterthought. Right. Mm-hmm. Or right. working against the plan of God. Yes. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, like conniving or right. something. Yeah. 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 And yeah. this is something you, you, that's handled in the book Worthy so well. I mean, by you and Eric. Mm -hmm. And I love those chapters. We also did a podcast on Catherine Bushnell. I don't know if you're aware of Catherine Bushnell. Interesting woman. Mm -hmm. Um, She she learned Hebrew um, and Greek so that she could look at those passages Mm -hmm. in the Bible and rightly um, discern them. Yeah. Because she grew up, she was a Christian, incredible activist in the United States against, um, in the 1800s, against prostitution, mm. right. forced prostitution. That's why I know. That's mm-hmm. why I know. And she was a doctor. And she wrote God's Word for Women mm-hmm. was her famous book. But she took some of these passages and talked about how they were mistranslated mm-hmm. because she would see uh, people justifying their actions, uh, mm-hmm. especially in England. She went to India and helped the prostitutes there. The English aristocracy was yes. on the women are seductresses thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Right. And Blame so them. she, she kind of handled it like— and but she was like you. She said you've got to go back to those first mm-hmm. chapters and get it right. Because mm-hmm. right. if you don't get the first first chapters of Genesis right, you won't get anything right. Mm-hmm. Well, and so you know, even if you look at the suffrage movement, which so much of the suffrage movement against women having the vote was so that uh, men could marry fourteen year olds. Yep. And yep. and <laughs> um, Jessica just. <laughs> yeah. Um, and well, that's Catherine Bushnell. The yes, prostitutes yeah. were yes. twelve and thirteen years old in Wisconsin. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so the the suffrage movement was really driven by a lot of women, many of them Christians, who were saying, "No, we have to protect our sisters. Mm-hmm. We have to protect mm-hmm. our daughters. And if you don't give us the vote, we can't change these laws." Mm-hmm. So you've got laws, and we actually were just watching a documentary about. Um, Warren Jeffs and how he was having women in the FLDS um, Mm -hmm. 
14-year-old girls yeah. marrying 50-year-old old men. men. In 2011. In 2011. Oh, easy. Okay. Yeah. He's in jail now, but anyway. <laughs> okay, good. Where he belongs. Because women have the vote. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> See, and, and, and when you look at yes. the suffrage movement or when you look at the desire to free slaves, mm. much of that was really driven by women who were protecting mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the vulnerable. Carry mm-hmm. Nation. And yes. there's been so much against Carry Nation, too. You know, I, I was in a conversation with my, with my son and my husband, and one of my sons, and I won't say which one, but <laughs> he was like, you know, prohibition, you know, why was that ever? And I'm like, well, let me tell you. Yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> it was because these men who were good men when they were sober would get drunk and beat up their wives, and women didn't know what to yeah. do mm. to save their sisters mm. from abuse and prohibition. These men were good men if they weren't drunk, mm. and that's behind the prohibition movement. Right, mm. right. So abolition, prohibition, mm-hmm. the suffrage movement, right. it was yeah. really much of it driven by women. Yeah. who are trying to protect the vulnerable, particularly their sisters. Mm-hmm. And so these men, and in the, in the um, movement to out, um, outlaw alcohol, they would take their money and spend it all mm-hmm. on drink mm-hmm. and then come home mm-hmm. and beat their wives. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. we had prohibition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, too, because the Quakers were really— um, you know, they, they really gave women a lot of opportunity in ministry as well. And they were at the forefront of all of those, all of these movements as well, which mm-hmm. I, I, I love the Quakers. Yes, she does. Yes. <laughs> that yes. comes out a, a lot. To them. <laughs> it's wonderful. And yeah. we should know, mm-hmm. as women, we should know the women who have gone before us mm-hmm. and the prices they've paid mm-hmm. to go before us and the way they have been denigrated and ignored and objectified all in the name of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Well, Jennifer Wilkins wrote that great article, Three Ghosts That Haunt the Church, mm-hmm. which was the seductress, the um, the child. He said the child. Yes. And then uh, the third one was the uh, the usurper. And and we, we have seen this in certain, mm-hmm. you know, churches, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so excited. I want to go into a, a second half in just a second because I think this conversation is really important and I'm like loving this, and I don't think I've given you enough time to speak. So in the second half, I'm going to be really quiet. Let the <laughs> let Cheryl keep silent, you know, because I think this is so important. What we're saying and what we're bringing out, um, and I I want to say this too. I, as I said at the beginning of the program, sometimes what we're doing is we're only honoring those who are dead because they're safe, mm. right? And to have both of you who are authors who are both serving in the ministry and, you know, um, seeking to help women have a voice and uh, and to have a part because, again, God saw that it was not good. Mm-hmm. The, the earth was not good mm-hmm. without, it's probably repeating what you wrote, but <laughs> it wasn't good without the woman. Right. It wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And there's a balance. You know, I, I recently heard someone say, well, women can be, Pastors, but not elders. And I said, what? You're saying they can preach to men, but they can't be on the board of the church helping with some of the decisions that are made. And he said, yes. And I said, interesting. (laughs) 
because I knew my voice did not count in that yeah. conversation. Right. You know, you know, when your voice doesn't count, you just shut down. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I've been so um, blessed that the, the church that I'm a part of, like I probably five years, I would have been on the side. Um, five years ago, I would have been on the side that women probably shouldn't pastor. Mm. That was really where I was. And uh, slowly but surely, my pastor started asking me, hey, you want to speak on a Sunday morning? We won't call it preaching like he was tricking me into it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You want to speak on a Sunday morning? You want to be on staff? Slowly but surely, uh, doing all these things with me, encouraging me in my role, encouraging me in my calling, asking me um, questions about why I thought women shouldn't do those things. He's like, well, tell me what you think, you know, challenging me on my assumptions and what I... um, really the talking points I had always heard and uh, well, not always, but for the last, you know, 20 years of my life had heard and believed. Mm. And, um, you know, I talk about my grandmother being a pastor and then I ended up in a church that didn't believe that for a long time, didn't believe in ordaining or empowering women for a very long time. And then ended up at this other church where I have, I have a man who's continually like, Hey, let's try. Why don't why don't you tell me what you, why you think those verses say those things? You know, have you thought of, you know, maybe thought that maybe there's a different way to translate those and uh, slowly, but surely tricked me be, into being a pastor. <laughs> I love this. This is a conversation that we're definitely going yeah. to continue. Oh, yeah. So this is Cheryl Broderson, Jasmine on that in studio with Elise it's Patrick and her daughter, Jessica Thompson. And we are having a fascinating conversation. You're going to want to come back next week because there's more. <laughs> so we want to thank you again. If you have any comments, if you want to ask us questions, you can get in touch with us at graciouswords.com. Look for the link to WWK. That is Women Worth Knowing. Exactly. Until then, come back. Yes, join us. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnett. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Jasmine on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at wwk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnutt.